Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 12 because it's important to know where God has placed us. How many of you guys are grateful that God has placed you in this ministry? How many of you guys are grateful that God has placed you in the family he placed you in? Right? He could have made me your brother. He could have made me your uncle. Deuteronomy chapter 12. It says, but you shall seek the place, verse 5. Notice this, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses. Notice it doesn't say, choose the place you want. Choose the place the Lord God chooses. He says, there, the last part of verse 5, there you shall go. And verse 6, he says, there you shall take your burnt offerings. Notice even, even ascribes or describes the place of your offerings. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand. Notice that. Your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. And verse 7 says, and there, somebody say there. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your household, notice, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. A couple more verses. Verse 8, notice he says, You shall not do as we are doing here today. That story in Judges 19, the Bible says, In the time when there was no king in Israel, everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And there you have that Benjaminite crisis where this man was sitting in an open square and the Bible says perverted men came knocking on the door of the house and they wanted to know him sexually and because he was on his way to the house of God into a place that was foreign, he was taken advantage of. Notice here that God says, I select the place, I select the proper placement for your life and then he goes on, in verse 11, then there will be the place, notice, where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Verse 14, he says, but in the place of Deuteronomy 12, but in the place which the Lord your God chooses in one of your tribes, there, notice that there you shall offer your burnt offerings and there you shall do what I command you to do. Notice that there is a proper placement positioning. In other words, we don't get to select where God positions us. We don't get to choose where God has placed us. God says, seek the place that I chose. There you shall go. There you shall take the offering. There will be the place your God chooses. I mean, he can't get any more clear than that, that there is proper positioning. How many of you guys know there is proper positioning and in proper positioning? Some of you guys are thinking, man, I wish I would have never taken that job. You ever thought that? You're in church. Notice, not in the place that you see fit, in the place that God sees fit. That is where you should take your offering. Notice he says, but in the place the Lord your God chooses, there you shall choose. There you shall 
offer your offering that I have commanded you. Now notice, there's always that disconnect. Last week, we talked about the Levites and the priests who had detracted. They had left. They had forsaken God. And what happens when you detract uh, or when you defect, uh, when you leave God? We saw that in the Levites Uh, They had a loss of service, and we put it up there on the screen for this week, just in case you didn't take notes and refresh your memory. Me and my wife were having lunch this week, and we started going over it, and she says, "Uh, I don't know, I forgot them. What What are the things that happens when we defect from God? When we, when we no longer have that drive towards serving him, it happened to the Levites, it happened to the priests and the story of the Good Samaritan. There is a loss of service, a loss of compassion, that loss to feel pain. We don't no longer feel pain anymore or the loss of convictions. It will happen to us as we're in our journey because how many of you guys know that life is difficult? Life is challenging. Life is met with all kinds of nuances and we will find ourselves in places. We will wonder how did we get here? But God says doesn't matter if you are properly positioned, properly placement, where you've been, what you've gone through does not matter. I still know where I'm taking you. How many of you guys know we have a road map? We have a road map. So what's the antidote to this loss of service when life comes and steals from you, when people hurt you, when things happen to you, when you suffer? What is the antidote? We saw it last week. I was looking at my wife's notes and I said, wow, I said that? Um, And so since we couldn't remind each other of it last week, we have the antidote. What's the antidote? The Levite said, I will return. I will recommit and I will reconnect. And that's what we all need to do when we, fee- when we see ourselves detracting. We're getting off a course. We begin to argue with the GPS, right? When the GPS all of a sudden means like, I'm in the wrong place. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. You reconnect, you restore. Maybe some of us need a reset this morning. I need a reset. I was reading in the book of Job right before I come up here. Where I think it's Job chapter 10. Job said something interesting. He said he knows the way I take. And Job is, life was going through a, a furnace. And he says he knows the way I take. And when I come out, I shall be as gold. Notice sometimes the paths that we take. We want God to take us out of the fire, but it is through the fire that he leads us and reshapes us and molds us. One more verse of scripture in Numbers 21. Numbers 21 in verse 4, very popular story. The Bible says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. Now notice the king of Edom didn't let the children go through And so God says, I'm going to take you around them. How many of you guys know that if the enemy shuts a door, God will always open up another way? And that's exactly what God did here. He says, to go around the land of Edom and the soul, notice this, and the soul of the people became very discouraged because of the way. Notice that, that because of the way that God took them, the journey, they, they had a promise, they had a roadmap, 
They, they had a, a journey and they knew that God had taken them out of that ex experience, some of the greatest miracles in the history of mankind. But the journey, the Bible says, was very difficult through the wilderness. The Bible says was, it was deserted. It was lack, there was lack of water and lack of substance. Um, and when they went through that, it was very difficult. And the Bible says the soul of the people became discouraged. You ever been there? You came for hope this morning. <laughs> I got good news this morning. I got hope. And then in verse 5, well, we don't have this on the screen, but in verse 5 it says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Notice there, for there is no food and no water. Notice this, and our soul loathes this manna. I wrote this down in my Bible. I mean, what was manna? Manna was the bread from heaven. How many of you guys just would, would love God to feed you manna from heaven? You would probably never eat another steak in your life or whatever it is that you like to eat. Here they got manna from heaven and the Bible says they loathed it. In other words, they detested it. Could you imagine? They detested manna, and I wrote this down on the top of my Bible. What will those be pleased with, with whom manna will not please? If you're not pleased with manna, what will please you? Now we know that in the New Testament, manna is the word of God. We know that manna was God bread, came down from heaven. The Bible says six days you shall go out every morning. Do not store it because every day uh, you store it, it'll, it'll basically turn into, into worms. And it did. When they tried to hoard the manna, the Bible says that they put it in their tent. They left it overnight and it turned into worms and it smelled and they had to throw it away. God says don't worry about tomorrow's manna, it'll be there. But they loathed it, despised it. And God says, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that they made God angry because they loathed the manna that God gave them. And so their heart became discouraged because of the way. They didn't understand why they had to take the longer route. They didn't understand why they had to go through a land filled with fiery serpents, fiery serpents. As a matter of fact, because they complained, the Bible says that God allowed those fiery serpents. They were always there. But if you read the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says the fiery, the fiery serpents did not touch them because God prevented them from touching them. But once they complained, the fiery serpents that they were surrounded with began to strike them. And the Bible says that God told Moses, now I want you to lift up a brown serpent. And whoever looks up at the brown serpent, when he has been beaten, bitten, he will be healed, brother. There's a few things I want to give you from this verse and from this lesson. And I'm just going to take my time to teach you here this morning. Um, number one, and they have this on the screen. God places you properly or God positions you properly where he needs you. Where God needs you, God will position you. In Acts chapter 17, the Bible says, from one blood he made every nation of men. And he determined the places, the exact times and locations 
where we would live so that we will seek him and perhaps find him. So God positions you where he needs you. You know, um, some of us, you know, I know you would like to be in Florida. Maybe you would like to be on the beach somewhere on the coast. Maybe you would love to be somewhere else. But God positioned you here in this community, in this place, and you cannot get away from God's positioning you. God has placed you where he needs you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that God placed Adam in the garden and he told him, there I want you to be fruitful and multiply. There is the place that I need you. You ought to steward this place. Manage it. And that is where he was assigned. And God gave him an assignment. And with that assignment came responsibilities. Notice in that place, God brought him his helper. God brought Adam and and created him, put him in the garden. And once Adam was in the garden, God then brought him Eve, his helper. Secondly, proper positioning. Proper positioning releases supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. Notice proper position releases supernatural provisions. Notice that even in a drought, even in a desert, God provided for the children of Israel. Where there was no water, guess what? Water came out of a rock. Where there was no bread, where there was no wheat, the Bible says bread came from heaven and they did eat. You know, um, even in Española, God can build the church. Some have said, we don't know how the rock does it, but how many of you guys know that it is God's ministry? It is God's placement. It is God's place. So when you are in a proper positioning, the supernatural will be released when you're properly positioned. I think about Elijah. And at 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible says that there was a drought. He prophesied there would be a drought. And the Bible says the drought came, also with the drought came discouragement. With the drought, when he prophesied and he predicted a drought, he made some people very, very, very upset. And they wanted to kill him. Because the water God wasn't producing water. Baal, the water God, the environmentalist. Similar to what's going on today. You have all these people arguing over the, the, you know, the, the, the global this and global that and the water. But Elijah, in this, in, this, in this very place that he predicted there would be a drought, where there would be lack, God says, I am sending you now to the river of Cherith, and there I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And as I was reading that story, you know, the Bible says that that was temporary. It was temporary. So sometimes God's provisions are temporary. Notice God's source are temporary sometimes. Some of us need to realize that your job is not the source. Your employment is not the source. You are not the source. The people in your life are not your source. God is the source. It's God is the source. 
And when you are in proper alignment with God, you realize that He is the source. It's not your skill. It's not your creativity. It's not anything that you bring to the table. God's provision. He's the provider. That place was temporary. The Bible says that the brook dried up and the dirty bird didn't fly. The Bible says that God stopped that temporal provision and then he said now I'm going to send you to a widow woman he went into her house and the Bible says that all she had was a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour but the Bible says that God produced a miracle out of that and God abundantly continued to provide for him it is possible to move out of God's proper placement and God's proper provisions And it is possible in the journey of life to get discouraged like the people were discouraged. I'm reading this book. Uh, all of you guys should read it. It's called Jezebel's Amer. One, one of these weeks I'll preach on, 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 on the influence of Jezebel in the life of the prophet. And I think it's called Jezebel's uh, 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 Agenda or Jezebel's America. And it's interesting that what you see today men of God and, and men in authority being discouraged and, 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 and just totally bombarded. You know, we, we see that with our president. And all, the, and all the foolishness that he spews out of his mouth, he's done some things right to make some people upset. He's, he's done, he hasn't done a whole lot of right. Maybe he hasn't spoken the way he ought to speak. Maybe he doesn't hold true to the office of a president. But if you look at the policies and even some of the things that he's undone that previous administrations have not ever done. And you see the attack on him and on the Christians who surround him. But I was looking about Elijah, and Elijah, he, he, he got under attack and became discouraged and as his, he was on that journey, and he was properly positioned. The Bible says that you know, he went a day's journey. You can read it in 1 Kings 19. The Bible says he himself went a day's journey. And then one day, one day, what did he do? The Bible says he sat under a broom tree, and there he prayed that he might die. It just took one day. The Bible says, and he left his service or he left his servant there, and he went into the wilderness. In other words, he, he defected. He left his servant behind. In other words, he left his service. I'm going alone. He went a day's journey into the wilderness, and there he prayed that he might die. Why? Because the positioning that God had placed him in all of a sudden became difficult. Thirdly, proper placement demands death to pride. Elijah had to listen to God. Finally, he had to humble himself. He had to realize that God was right and he was wrong. That God would protect him. That God would set him on a course to accomplish his will. That God's will ultimately would be done. And I love the fact that Elijah, when he got his eyes off of himself, then God says, now I want you to go anoint two others. And he anointed Jehu and the Elisha, and then Jehu went on a mission to accomplish God's purpose. Notice I was reading this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. They don't have it on the screen, so you're going to have to open your phone or open your Bible. And it says uh, in verse 15, God is talking to the people to remind them 
not to forget God when they became prosperous. And in verse 15 it says, God who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land were there, was no water, and who brought for you out of the flinty rock. Notice, he led you through that great and terrible wilderness. Modern day preaching will tell you God's going to lead you through a blessed and an abundant life. But when your blessed and abundant life gets uh, shaken up a little bit, all of a sudden you start getting a different perspective on life. How many of you guys have been going through a deserted and very difficult journey in life, but what remains is that you remain? Is that you remain? Is your faith in your... Do circumstances have to be going your way so that you can still come to church? Do people have to treat you how you would like to be treated for you to be in church? Sometimes we get... we Just the littlest things bother us. And all of a sudden we begin to say, well, that's not the place for me. You're going to let one person determine your destiny. I was writing a, a sermon about the, well, I stole it from another pastor, but he gave me a good title. I was just listening. He says, the thief that stole heaven. Could you imagine if the thief on the cross would have said, well, it hurts and I don't like what they've done to me. Look at him. He says he's, if he was the son of God, he could take us all down out of this cross. And he let his circumstances rob him from heaven because one thief says, you know what, I'm guilty, you're innocent, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. And the Bible says the joker stole heaven. He didn't let someone else's uh, decision or opinion about him rob heaven from him. The Bible says that the thieves and the prostitutes will get into heaven before some of us. We're going to be robbed out of heaven because we're still holding on to a grudge, because we're still in pain, because we still don't like what was done to us because of what we've been through, and you're going to rob yourself out of heaven. And in the end, you will be the greatest thief. Wow. Could you imagine? We're going to rob ourselves out of heaven because we don't want to give up pride. That's what happened to Satan. I will be like the most high. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And God says, no you won't. You bright and morning star. I'm going to throw you out of heaven. So Elijah, the Bible says he was discouraged. He was despondent. He was hurting. He wanted to commit suicide. And the Bible says that God spoke to him, sent him to a woman that needed a supernatural encounter. And in that place, he allowed God to use him. He got his eyes off of being self-focused. And he was able to allow God to do the supernatural to him. Number four, real quickly. I'm almost done. Number four, proper positioning is often preceded by a season 
of discomfort. We already talked about the, the children of Israel when they came out of the lands of Egypt. They were in a lot of comfort. See, the gospel today uh, preaches to our comfort, preaches to our grace, preaches to our prosperity. And when we go through certain circumstances, we say that's not God, that's not the gospel, that's not Christianity. So your misery factor must exceed your fear factor. Some of us, we thrive on comforts. We thrive on predictability. We say, God, this is our plans. This is our future. And when he interrupts those things, all of a sudden, you find yourself in a very discomforting place. That's not God. That's not Christianity. How could a loving God do that? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, I, I read that, but I forgot to mention, it says that God led them through that very terrible wilderness, and there were serpents and scorpions. Some of them bit them. Some of them died. Some of them lost stuff. And then in verse 11 or verse 16, it says, I did it to humble you, that he might test you. Notice what he says, to do you good in the end. To do you good in the end. It's not the end, it's not over. I don't know what it is you're going through or who I'm speaking to. I don't know if you're in a financial loss, a physical loss. Maybe your health is decaying. We don't know exactly what it is you're going through. But God is not interested in your comforts as much as he is in your end. It's in your end. Proper placement releases ministry and the glory of God. You got to read Exodus chapter 40. The Bible says that God told Moses, these are the furnishings. This is how I want you to set in order, set in order, set in order. All these pieces of furniture. And the Bible says when he placed this, when he positioned this, when he set in order, the Bible says, then the glory of God came forth. So being in proper position, being in proper placement, releases ministry and the glory of God. And all hell will break loose. If you are in the proper place, if you are properly positioned, don't only expect the glory of God to show up, but expect hell and all his demons to also show up. Give me a couple more minutes. In Jeremiah 42, interesting, and I think I preached on this a few months back, but in Jeremiah 42, they do have it on the screen, but I want to read it in my Bible. It says, they came to Jeremiah the prophet in verse 2, and they said to him, please let our petition be acceptable to you and pray for us, notice, to the Lord your God. Before it was, before they had gone into any trouble, before they had, the king of Babylon had taken them, it was the Lord our God, the Lord our God. But all of a sudden, they find themselves going through a trial. They find themselves in captivity. And now they're praying to the prophet, the Lord your God. He says, pray for us to the Lord your God for all this remnant since we are left. And notice, that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk. In other words, we want to be 
properly positioned. We want, we want to seek His guidance. We want to seek His way. That's why many of us are here today. Because we want to know where we're going. And so he says, we want to know where we're going. And we want to do God's plan for our life. And whatever God wants, whether it's pleasing or displeasing. Notice they said it. Whether it's pleasing or displeasing, we will obey your voice. Only when it's pleasing will sacrifice to God. But when life gets displeasing, when plans don't go as you planned, do you begin to question God? Where are you, God? This is very difficult. Don't you worry because the same God that led the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land, he had their end in mind, not their current circumstance. So you have to worry about your end. Do you have the end in mind or do you have the current circumstance, the right now in mind? And how many of you guys know that he has a future hope for you and also a present hope? But don't lose your present hope because of your present pain. And I love the place in Jeremiah where he says, I want you... The next verse, I think it's verse 8. He says, stand in this place. He says, I want you to stand in this place. In that place, I will prosper you. He says, I will build you in this place. Because what did they want to, what did they want to do? They wanted to exit. They wanted to exit from the place. And I wrote this down. I'll close with this. Because how many of you guys know that the consequences are severe for missing the will of God? But how many of you guys know that in the consequences of God's positioning, the consequences can be severe? And I didn't talk about all the individuals that ended up where they shouldn't have been. Much like that Levi who ended up in a perverse city when he should have kept on going. And those that were with him suffered the consequences of him hanging out and being detained there a little longer than he should have been. But you are safer in the will of God than you are in a dangerous place out of the will of God. You can be in an urban city. You can be in the middle of a bank robbery. And you're in the will of God, you're safer there than out of the will of God and in a dangerous place. So how many of you this morning want to get proper, properly positioned? We always got to refocus, reset. Because how many of you guys know that on a compass there's a true north and a magnetic north? And a lot of times... Our hearts are positioned towards that magnetic north. And we need to recalibrate. We need to get right back on forgiveness because we go a little, a little bit off. We need to get right back on prayer and the word of God and right back on service because we've defected and we no longer have compassion. I'm preaching to myself, by the way. We no longer have service. We no longer hurt and are broken. And so we need to reposition. 
We need to know where we're going, but also, also that compass, I love the description of it because it said it's oil filled. See, some of us have a compass, but it's dry and it's not oil filled. And have you guys know that oil is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we have a compass, we have a direction, but the Holy Spirit isn't leading us. And when the Holy Spirit is no longer leading us, we begin to become discomforted. We begin to become discouraged. We begin to complain and loathe even the manna. Lord, but that's not what you promised. You ever read a verse? My God shall heal all your diseases and you're in a hospital bed and you loathe, you loathe the manna. I'm expecting God to be the same because things may not change. Circumstances may not change, but our God is the same. And unless you are positioned by him, you will change. You will be tossed to and fro if you're not anchored. So this morning, would you say, you know what? I need to be properly positioned. Some of you guys, to be here this morning is a supernatural act because the world has lied to you. Why do you keep going to church? See, some of us, we convince ourselves real easily. I ain't going to church no more. For what? So I could see them, so I could hear them. 